0: Welcome to Unleashed at Work and Home, the show dedicated to helping veterinarians, vet techs, dog trainers, shelter and rescue workers, pet sitters, and all the other animal-crazy pet professionals manage their stress and find more joy. I'm your host, Colleen Pilar. I bring you interviews with amazing people just like you who have dedicated their careers to improving the lives of animals and people. And I also share proven tips and strategies that you can try out in your own life. I'm thrilled you're here with us today. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your favorite app so that you won't miss a single episode. This show is brought to you by the Unleashed Resilience Membership. If you like the ideas shared in this episode, then you're invited to continue the conversation with other lifelong learners in the membership area, which you can find out more about at colleenpilar.com. As part of the Unleashed Resilience community, you'll get access to monthly learning labs, a catalog of previous classes, plus monthly interactive group discussions. We're a friendly, supportive group with an exclusive, private Facebook group and forum. It's the perfect place for you to come and learn cool stuff, feel good, and take action to create the life you love. Come join us. Last week, I was at Fats Chicken and Waffles in Seattle with my son, my daughter-in-law, and my brother. It's a very small restaurant very crowded, there were people standing and waiting for tables, and there was kind of an overwhelming menu for me. There were lots of choices and a lot of things I needed to think through. I opted for a breakfast platter, but even that had a lot of choices. It was one of those where there were so many different options. Do you want French toast? Do you want regular toast? Do you want a waffle? Do you want hash browns? Do you want home fries? Do you want grits? So I ordered first. I held the laminated menu in my hand, and I ran my finger along it as I was placing my order. I said, well, I would like scrambled eggs, and I'd like home fries, and I'd like a waffle. And the waiter just burst into a huge smile, and he looked around our table, and he said, oh, I like you. Usually I have to ask, well, how do you want your eggs cooked? And what sides do you want with that? But not you. You know what you want. Now, how about the rest of y'all? What do the rest of you guys want? And the five of us laughed together. And then he took the rest of our order. And the moment was over. But the positive feelings lasted much longer. So February seems like a really good time to talk about Barbara Fredrickson's research on love. Now, Barbara Fredrickson, her definition of love probably doesn't match yours. Frederickson studies emotions and she calls love our supreme emotion because it affects everything. It affects the way you think, the way you act, and all of the choices you make throughout the day. The things you think, feel, and do. So she defines love as a micro moment of warmth and positivity between two people, even strangers, who share a positive moment, a positive connection, like we did with the waiter. It doesn't have to be a big emotion. It doesn't have to be a lasting emotion. It just needs to be a moment where two individuals connect, two or more individuals. In this case, it was our group. Now, Fredrickson doesn't have research on, at least not that I'm aware of, on connection like this with animals, but I think most of us pet professionals can say, We've had those moments of love with animals on a regular basis. Moments where we are fully present with one another and we're feeling the connection. The feeling part is important. Fredrickson really bases her definition on your body's experience of love. She likes to look at the pieces of how your brain is responding. And your brain dives in with It's called neural coupling, where your brain and the other individual's brain sort of light up in the same ways and have this resonance and attunement. Here we are together. And if you were to do an fMRI, the the scans would be very, very similar. So this neural coupling. There's also oxytocin released, which we all know is such a good hormone for creating trust and connection, attunement, social bonding. And your vagus nerves participation helps you with things like better physical, mental, and emotional health. It helps you to regulate your emotions better, to regulate your behavior better. And these things are promoted through your body's chemical response to these positive interactions, even very small ones, even very small ones. So in these moments, you feel part of something different bigger than yourself, you feel connected to the other person, and you see them as someone for whom you have care and concern and compassion, and they feel the same about you. So it's really magic. So this becomes an upward spiral. What happens is the more love you experience, the more love you'll experience. And that can seem kind of frustrating and disheartening if you're in a moment where You're not feeling and experiencing a lot of love. You might be feeling disconnected, a little bit isolated, a little worn down, discouraged, or exhausted. And here I am talking about how awesome it is feeling love and how the more love you feel, the more love you'll feel. Well, gee, thanks. What am I supposed to do about that? (laughs) Well, I have a tip for you. So in Fredrickson's research, one of the pieces that she found most effective is something called a loving-kindness meditation. Now, loving-kindness meditation is an ancient practice. It's in almost all cultures, and it's been absorbed into most religions in one form or another. The basic idea of a loving-kindness meditation is that you will be thinking about someone and sending them good wishes. It's The the four pieces that are most commonly used are may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, and may you experience peace. Now, doing this kind of meditation changes your thoughts and changes your feelings and changes your body's physical response. So, what happens is your By doing this practice, by thinking about people and sending these wishes toward them, your body language will become more open and more expressive, more inviting, which other people will naturally respond to. Your vocal patterns will be more upbeat and interesting, which other people will naturally respond to. It will change your thoughts so that you become more caring, more compassionate, more concerned about others. And people will start to feel safer around you. Now, you're not actually doing anything with others at this point. You are just thinking thoughts. But thinking these thoughts is creating some of these biochemical changes in your body that will have the effect externally throughout your day. So, how do you do that? Well, first, I want to say that the goal is not to be positive, The goal is to be open and to be aware of the emotions that come up for you during the practice. And you are going to just try to take a moment and think about someone. It's easiest to start with someone that you care about very deeply. So often that's a pack. Often it is an animal because you have fewer conflicted feelings about them, but someone that you care about very, very deeply, a friend, a loved one, an animal, anyone you can create these positive, tender feelings toward. And using your breath cycle, take a moment to just slowly think each thought one per cycle. So may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you experience peace. What comes up for your body when you think those thoughts? What do you notice? So begin with someone who you feel great tenderness toward and then work through some other individuals, other people you know, perhaps a group, maybe your friends and family, you can do it as a clump. May all of my friends and family feel safe. May all of my friends and family feel happy. May all of my friends and family feel healthy. May all of my friends and family experience peace. So using these kinds of pieces will cause some of these biochemical changes in your body. You can also do loving kindness toward yourself. And what's fascinating in the research on loving kindness is that in many parts of the world, they start with giving loving kindness toward yourself because it's considered the easiest way to do it. And yet in Western cultures, that's often the hardest place to do it for many of us. Sending loving-kindness to ourselves and receiving it is a difficult piece, a more advanced move. So if that's uncomfortable for you in the beginning, don't do it in the beginning. Just start with those that you have very few conflicted feelings about and gradually work your way out. I often joke that I use it in traffic. um, And I joke about it, but I do use it in traffic. So if somebody cuts me off in my head I start with, may you be safe, because that's where it starts. But honestly, what comes out in my head is sometimes a little bit more directive. May you be safe, and then I can move through. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you experience peace. Because that busy person who just cut in front of me wasn't really thinking about me. And they probably weren't feeling safe, happy healthy, or peaceful in that moment. So it doesn't help them for me to become angry, and it doesn't help me for me to become angry. So using the loving kindness can help me to reset my body, which resets my thoughts, feelings, and actions. And that's where the magic occurs. Having those positive thoughts, feelings, and actions increases the odds that your interactions with other people are going to create these micro moments of warmth and connection that Dr. Fredrickson talks about in her book, Love 2.0. So Barbara Fredrickson's work is very influential and life-changing. Tell us how you create micro moments of warmth and connection with your clients. The more ideas you share, the more we'll all grow. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode and are interested in discovering ways that you can manage your stress, find more joy, and create the life you love, then be sure to check out Unleashed Resilience. We'd love to have you join us. Visit ColleenPilar.com to learn more. That's it for this episode, though. Thanks for listening to Unleashed at Work and Home.